Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And we are still doing a Once More With Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today is Season 3, Episode 11, Gingerbread. Yes, Gingerbread. Gingerbread. This episode first aired January 12th, 1998. Written by Thania St. John and Jane Epson. Espenson. Espenson. and directed by James Whitmore Jr. Uh, this is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so I, I have to say this episode... I pretty much normally skip it. Yeah. Uh, this is my most hated episode. Most hated yep. episode. Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. Above Teacher's Pet. <laughs> right. Yes. Wow, that's saying a lot, isn't it? Like I normally skip it. Right. Okay, yep. so is it weird watching it? Like you uh, haven't watched it in a long time, I'm guessing. Uh, every now and again I'd watch it. Oh, okay. So it's not completely. So it's right not. Off. So there was sometimes I'll do a rewatch where I have to rewatch every episode, even the really bad ones. You have to, you have to do yeah, you? Have to. The laws of Buffy. You have to yeah. rewatch it. I'm not saying it's the worst episode of Buffy, uh, but it's the episode that I personally hate the most. <laughs> wow, you've really got it in for this episode. I didn't really feel that hatred for it, but uh, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I had to, as you said, you, you're like, oh, and and it is one of those episodes. A lot of people are kind of like, oh, I kind of like it mm, type yeah. thing. You know, they don't really have that sort of. You seem to take it personal. <laughs> no. So in watching this episode, I had to ask myself, why do I hate this episode so much? Yes. <laughs> and it comes down to I am not a big fan. Of mob rule or mob okay. mentality. Yeah, or I, I know anything. that. Notice that, yeah. Yeah, you know that. Uh, or anything where people get burnt at the stake. You also know that. <laughs> I didn't notice that, no. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I hate it. I think I was perhaps burnt at the stake in a previous life because I just can't handle um Yeah, what about the first happening? season of, uh, of Black Adder when he gets burnt at the stake? And he's sitting remember. there going, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, as I said, not not a not fan. a fan of that episode. No. no, and not a fan of this one. Yeah. Um. Do you want to do the summary? Because I'm gonna lose my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. All right. That sounds really interesting. What you're saying there. So we'll get this out the way, and then we'll head back to what your your input there is. So, while waiting in the park for Buffy, her mother Joyce discovers the bodies of two dead children. At school the next day, Buffy shows Giles a symbol which was visible on the hands of the two children. He tells her that demons do not use symbols and that it is no doubt occult-related. At lunch, Joyce shows up and announces that there will be a vigil at the city hall that night. Many concerned parents attend the vigil, including Willow's mother. Mayor Wilkins says a few words before Joyce gives a speech about how people of Sunnydale must take back the city from the monsters, witches and slayers. Later, Michael, Amy and Willow perform a spell in a circle that surrounds the symbol Buffy saw on the children's hands. Buffy finds a symbol in one of Willow's notebooks. Willow explains that the symbol is part of a protection spell for Buffy's upcoming birthday. Meanwhile, all the school lockers are searched for witch-related material and Giles' occult books are seized by the police. Amy and Willow are taken to Principal Snyder's office for questioning. 
At Buffy's home, Joyce forbids Buffy to see Willow anymore, takes credit for the locker searches, and states that Buffy's slaying does Sunnydale no good. Mother of the Year. Mother of the Year, everybody. Mother of the Year Award. <laughs> the ghosts of the two children appear to Joyce and tell her that she has to hurt the bad girls. At the park, Buffy talks with Angel, who convinces her not to give up fighting. When he makes a passing remark about the children and their parents, Buffy is struck by the thought that the children's parents have never been seen or mentioned and the fact that no one knows the children's names. The Scooby Gang learns that every 50 years throughout history, the murdered bodies of two children have been found, resulting in peaceful communities being torn apart by vigilante chaos. The earliest record dating from Germany during 1649 where a cleric from Black Forest discovered the corpses of Hans and Greta Strass, inspiring the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. Giles explains that certain demons thrive on watching humans destroy each other through persecution and ignorance. According to Giles, this is what set off the Salem witch trials. Buffy and Giles are knocked up with chloroform by Joyce and her friends at the behests of the two children. Amy, Willow and Buffy are taken to City Hall where they are tied to wooden posts surrounded by books. Cordelia finds Giles unconscious, wakes him up and they rush to the hall. Just as Buffy wakes up, her mother lights books on fire, sentencing the three girls to death by burning at the stake. Amy escapes by transforming herself into a rat. At City Hall, Cordelia uses a fire hose to put the burning stakes out. The two children transform into the large demon which charges at Buffy. Buffy breaks the stake and uses it to impale the demon. Buffy's and Willow's mother have forgotten about what happened, but Willow's mother remembers Willow said she is dating Oz and has been invited to dinner. The end. All right, Eddie. All right. The one thing I was going to say, like, why are they doing the burning in the city hall? Aren't they on some sort of spell, though? Isn't that sort of Yeah, yeah. But when you... Like, I know, is it supposed to be about the lack of common sense? Because they're burning them alive inside a building. Yeah. Aren't they just going to set the building on fire? Aren't they just going to smoke themselves to death? Yeah. <laughs> Kill themselves with all the smoke inhalation? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't that something that you... Like, even, you know, when you're, when you're doing your old book burnings, don't you do it outside? <laughs> Yeah, or maybe that's just playing on the fact that they're you know, under such a, a harsh spell that they're just not even thinking rationally. I mean, she is burning her daughter at the stake here. Yeah, true. So, true. yeah, while they're talking about going for lunch. Yeah. I think maybe that's meant to be the joke. Maybe. That's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, I actually think Amy wasn't trying to turn herself into a rat. I think she was trying to turn some someone into the rat, but because her hands were tied, she turned herself into yeah, a rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think she did that. That was it. Was actually an accident. Yeah. Well, that kind of worked. Well, um, but her powers are a bit inconsistent. So the only reason to really watch this episode is because uh, Amy, as a rat, is now in this series. <laughs> Oh, okay. So this is a continuing uh, character to to her now. She's yeah, a rat. For, she's a rat from now on, or um, up until season six when. Oh, really? That long, huh? Yeah, and Willow works out how to turn her back into a human by then. 
Um, <laughs> so she's written out of the show for three seasons. <laughs> yeah, and then comes back. Um, but when she comes back, she seems to have a lot more powers than like she's almost as powerful as Willow. Mm, okay. So well, maybe she was, but she just couldn't because she couldn't use her hands. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it didn't but work. she only seemed to have the let down her goddess Hecate, let the unthing clean thing crawl. That um the spell. Hecate, yeah. yeah, the, <laughs> the Hecate um spell. Like, I thought that's all she had. That's why she used that to Hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, so I hate the mob rule trope. Um you know, like so the episode, you know, it's kind of based on, you know, satanic panic of the eighties and parents being scared of their children worshipping the devil. Yeah. Mothers opposing the occult, moo. Um <laughs> um, yeah, moo. Yeah, unfortunately. Was it mothers? Mothers opposing the occult. Yeah. Um, and I just hate those, you know, morally hypocritical groups. Yeah. That they can dictate what is right and wrong. Yeah, and it, it in also their eyes. yeah, it always seems hypocritical, especially uh, South Park did it. I mean, it's been done so many times, and yeah. Simpsons did it. So it's uh, it's it's been done. Well, it, or just going back to the South Park one when uh, she didn't want those Canadian guys, you know, um, oh, what are the names? Phil- Terence and Philip. Terence and Philip, yeah. And she was she was allowing jokes. she was allowing to have Hal take over the Earth, so these kids couldn't be exposed to fart jokes. <laughs> yes. So all these people would were killed and died just so some kids can't hear some hear some fart jokes, and that's just so typical of the hypocrisy that they, these parents, these groups, sort of spruik uh, on about, um, and. Yeah, but, you know, also deciding, you know, banning, like, you know, um, banning books, you know, censorship. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> yeah, that's all you hear. Yeah. Uh, written on top of uh, every Karen's tombstone, I think. Who's? Karen. Ah, uh, yes, yes, Karen. Um. But also the big issue is it's that there are these there are real groups like Moo that are just have their heads so self righteously up their own asses. Well, you know, you bring this up. I was going to save this for down the rabbit hole, but seeing as we're bringing this up, um, yeah. so my rabbit hole, what I was looking into was the PMRC. Okay. Now, do you remember the PMRC? Now, are they the ones that wanted the advisory sticker on? Yes. On, yes. Um, CDs. Yeah, so the the CDs they wanted on um That's what this episode reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and that really cool movie Warning Parental Ad- yeah, <laughs> Warning Advisory. Of, yeah. Uh that came out in the early 2000s. I don't think anyone's heard or seen of this film. It's been buried. Uh but basically it's yeah. Jason Priestley in Jason it. Priestley's in it. Uh D Schneider plays himself in it. Yeah. Um Oh, I just can't remember. They have that other, what's that, um, Rocky Mountain High guy. Oh, they had John Denver in it. John Denver, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Centre, it's a weird name for a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was in 1985. It was founded by Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife. It's kind of funny because it, was, it seemed very ultra-conservative, this group, but they're from the Democratic side of, mm. of the party, which is kind of interesting, which probably shows you how close – Closely aligned those parties are sometimes. So they basically wanted uh, all all sort of uh, songs to be, to be um, or music in general to be rated and 
and uh, to have all these stickers on saying they had uh, you know explicit lyrics on it. Um, so there's huge. There was, had these trials in uh, in America at the time, and Dee Snyder, who played himself in the movie. Yeah. Um, gave this speech, which I, I recommend to check out. Where he gives this speech before a hearing of some sort, uh, where he just basically opens up and says, "You know, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I'm, I'm happily married. I'm actually a Christian, a practicing Christian. I, I believe I have firm beliefs, and uh, what the accusations are saying about my songs are just absolutely false and and defamatory. Um, and and all these things that they see in my music are all in their own dirty little minds. Yeah. It's basically what well, he says. Well, yeah, because then John Denver comes in saying that his song Rocky Mountain High got banned. Mm. Well, that that was an interesting thing in the film because it was kind of a dark horse because they they got Dee Schneider in, but they knew they wouldn't listen to Dee Schneider. They wanted to get someone on their side who they'd listen to. Yeah. So they got they got John Denver in because they thought that he they weren't well in the film they made up they weren't really sure he would who he would line with and he ended up sort of coming out and saying well yeah one of my songs was was criticised for being Rocky Mountain, the rock song Rocky Mountain High for drug use, but I was just you know, writing about the high on life of, of seeing the Rocky Mountains, you know, and this is uh, it was actually, this is a came to uh, Nazi know, censorship and then yeah. they can completely back down and uh, he's got to save the day. Uh, I really recommend you watch this film. Uh, warning, parental <laughs> advisory. I don't know where you'd find it. I don't, I, I don't it. know where you'd find it. it I, was a, I think it's like one of those Hallmark movies. Like, I think it said it was on Prime, okay. so you could try it on there. Yeah, it was a TV film. Um, I actually had a clip from it too that I wanted to play as well. There was a, a hilarious scene from that film. It's at the end scene. No, no, that is. <laughs> I've forgotten about that scene too, and that that is a brilliant scene at the end. Um, yeah. Should I spoil it? No one's going to see this film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, Jason Priestley is is fighting with this lobbyist group against the PMRC, and you know, about you know all the parents, you know. Uh, trying to ban their kids' songs. And the final scene at the end is where Jason Priestley goes to walk in his, in his children's room and hears some rap music playing, you know, talking about killing people. And he comes in and goes to tell off his kids until his wife says, honey, you know, giving him a look. And he's like, holy shit. You know, he basically became the PMRC. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, basically became what he tried to destroy. So, and this is, what the hell are you listening to? Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> honey. Aren't they? Around. Aren't they dressed? Shit. Aren't they kind of dressed like um, Eminem or something as well? Uh, not really. No, they're just in their room, I guess. Nothing. Uh, so, just one scene I wanted to play from this, and there's a scene where they they sort of uh, hear the rumblings of this uh, PMRC group coming out and uh, making headwaves, and they go to a, a a like a church where they're doing like a a presentation of how graphic these songs are. And uh, Jason Priestley and a couple of other characters are sort of sitting in there quietly sort of trying to watch to see what, what's going on and what's, what are they talking about just to see what they're up against. And this guy gets on the podium and starts uh, reading lyrics from uh, Kiss songs. And it's like this older guy, like conservative, and he's, and he's <laughs> yeah. trying to contain himself while he's reading these vulgar lyrics. And Jason Priestley and his friend are in the audience trying not to laugh at this guy reading these vulgar lyrics. Uh, this one's from a Kiss song. Your love, hard as a rock, can't get enough. Want to feel you deep inside, pumping through my veins, feel you to the core. Like a dog to a bone, make you sweat, make you moan. Love is sweet, so insane. Come on, lick my candy cane. Give me more. Baby, give it's me like more. It's like he's, 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 he's sweating and he's like got a tissue on Come his on, head. Come on, give me, give me more. 
Can as you he's saying me this. More? <laughs> give me, give me, oh. <laughs> so he's like sweating on stage, and then this. Uh, <laughs> we made it. We made it. Then the next part. The mentors. The mentors. All through my excrement, you shall roam. <laughs> Bend up and smell my anal vapor. Your face is my toilet paper. On your face, I leave a shit tower. Golden showers. Golden showers. <laughs> That's probably the funniest part of the film. I, I spoiled it, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it is con- he's up, really up there and he's like, he's sweating and he's tapping a, a tissue on his face as he's reading these vulgar lyrics and they're, they're trying not to laugh, but everyone in the audience is like horrified and mortified. Oh my God, my children are listening to this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I definitely was. Does come to mind when I watched. Yeah, this it's episode. what I was thinking about the whole time was was that movie, and uh, yeah, I might need to watch it again. If if you can find it, if you can find it, <laughs> I don't even think you could download that one. It'd be so obscure. You, I don't think you could find it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will also say Joyce is the absolute worst in this. Yeah. She actually tries to kill Puffy. Yeah, but yeah, she's under a spell. So, still, yeah. Well, you know, well, you forgive Angel because he's like, you know, not Angelus, and he tried to kill, and he did kill people. Mm. Well, she nearly. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, as I said, she nearly killed her. It's, but I think it's also some of the stuff that she was saying actually felt like it was wasn't just the spell. Like, well, she mentioned the Slayer when she said that speech, something about the witches and slayers. Mm. In the town, you know, well, there's only one Slayer or two Slayers, so it's only two people she's talking about specifically. She doesn't know Willow's a witch, so yeah, that was that was a bit uh close to heart that one for sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, it's also I don't you don't like seeing her act that way as well. Like that, I think that's what I hate. But yeah, that where she was willing to kill her own daughter. To be morally superior, is that? <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to make sense of that. Like, and that's that's the whole ridiculousness of the scene where they they're talking about going for lunch while she's about to burn her daughter at the stake. Like, mm. it, yeah, obviously there's no uh, moral sense to anything, any of this, and the demons having a really good time getting off on this, you know, yeah, reading yeah. off in the background, watching all the humans <laughs> torture each other like that. Yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned before, burning someone inside a, a room instead of doing it outside where they would probably all die from smoke inhalation. Yeah. Well, and getting back to Willow's mum. So for some, so up until this point, I always thought Willow has a pretty good relationship with her parents. They're pretty relaxed with her. Yeah. Um, Does she have a father? Yeah, yeah. Have we seen him? We have. We don't. We, we barely. This is the only episode you even see Willow's mum. Yeah. Um. But no, there is. I think in one of the episodes, she's like, "Oh, Dad, did you forget your keys or something?" What did she? What she just said that to somebody, or there was someone actually there? I don't. Uh, no. She ends up getting kidnapped or something like that. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But she's like up until this point, there's. There hadn't been any issues with her and her parents. And then in this episode, she's like, oh, yeah, my mother doesn't really even acknowledge that I exist. And then she's like, oh, her mum only notices that her hair's just been cut. Yeah. Um, I was like, my God, if I if I 
slightly changed my hair colour, my mum would, would have noticed. It, it makes me think of something Rick and Morty would do where they would you know, subvert the episode where you'd have a, a B character who has a family that you've never seen before. Yeah, and yeah. And would play on that, that the fact, oh, you know, they didn't even exist until five minutes ago. Yeah. As but, if they didn't exist. Yeah. But they like, so with Xander, you know, he has a rough, rough relationship with his parents. Yeah, well, only the fact that it was mentioned once, though, the previous episode. Oh, no, it's mentioned a few times. Oh, is it? Like, no. it's very, it's scattered throughout. Okay. Um, about his family life. Um, and, yeah, so I just, I always find it difficult to believe that, yeah, it's just one of those things that's convenient for this episode that will make Willow's mama absent kind of parental figure. Was she some kind of psychiatrist or something like that? Because it kind of seemed uh, like she was always analysing her. Yeah, uh, I think she's like a professor or something. Yeah, like every time she said something, it's like, oh, this is just a natural reaction of a teenager to repress her parents. You know, like, what? Yeah. (laughs) You talk to the kid like that. You talk to a patient like that, you know, not not your your child. Yeah. So I I almost felt like that she was some sort of professional psychiatrist or something like that. So, um. Also, Buffy is like, oh, you know, Giles, find a loophole on that killing humans thing for me. Yes, yeah. But yeah. as we've she, talked about this before, she doesn't need one. She's already found the loophole. Yeah, she, well, she doesn't need a loophole. She's just done it. Like, <laughs> she's already well, no. She found the loophole. What was the loophole? The loophole is is that you don't save them from themselves. Oh, but she's actually like killed people though. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, that's what we discussed. She's actually like killed no, people. No, but, but it's also based on their own actions. If they hadn't have tried to kill her, you know. Yeah. Oh, that too. But uh, she killed the policewoman that time, didn't she? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But she was trying to kill her. But no, but what, it wasn't the... Because, was it because she was in the Order of Tarak that... It, well, it was. It, we discussed it was a human and she killed yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So there was... So she has killed humans. Yeah. She's... Yeah, I think we've discussed that she's actually we discussed killed, she's, she's killed she's humans. killed quite a few humans. Yeah. So there's no there's no loophole. She's <laughs> just no done loophole. it. There's no way of getting around like needing to go around yeah. it. You've just done it anyway. So why why bother? Yeah. 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 So why bring it up? Which she has. Um let's talk about the Xander Oz B plot of this episode. It seemed pretty pointless just to give them something Completely to do. Completely pointless. Um it just has Xander acting awkward. Towards Oz, even though Oz wasn't acting awkward towards him. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Oz like, was like, what's wrong with you? Like Xander <laughs> creating his own problems. Yeah, well, him uh, reacting the way that he does is, is making it awkward. Yeah. Um. So I'll say something I do like about this episode. Mm-hmm. It's, it's lighting is a bit different to the other episodes. Really? I thought, I I thought it was lit, lit a bit differently, like... The sh- like it, like the shadows were a bit richer and okay, no, a bit I, more contrast yeah. in it, and th- I think they use a bit more handheld cameras, handheld cam or whatever you call it, handy cam, handy cam, <laughs> the old handy cams. Yeah. I doubt they would have used those particularly, but yeah, uh, yeah maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I didn't notice. So um, this is sort of Cordelia also coming back into the coming to the Scoob Gang. Yeah, yeah here coming she's coming home. The, yeah, yeah, kind of. Joining in again, like she does. I think she starts out being a kind of super bitchy, <laughs> but kind of realizes that there's something wrong going on and goes to Buffy. Yeah, does the right thing in the end. 
And uh, side note, Chrisman Carpenter, I just found out today, did Playboy shots. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So did Harmony. Yeah. And Amy. Oh, no, Amy. Um, Christy Swanson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, you know, it is funny because we have a literal witch hunt in this episode instead of a metaphorical one, which you would think they would normally do. Like, yeah. Which is what most, most shows do, your metaphorical witch hunt. This one just goes for a little literal. Literal witch hunt, witch yeah. Witch hunt. Um, now, I went on, I actually ended up on a little... Oh, you went down rabbit a rabbit hole. hole. Well, go I ahead. I've felt, already said my one. So I fell down a little rabbit hole when I started looking up. So I looked up the little boy who plays the um, uh, Hansel. Um, and he was actually, he's still acting. And he was in, he, he was one of a main character in Desperate Housewives. I did see that, but yeah, I don't watch the so, show. So I didn't, yeah, yeah didn't so recognize he was, who it was. He was Andrew Vanderkamp, which is Bree's. Troubled, troublesome son. Right. Yeah, I did not. I don't know the show, so I didn't pick up on uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did see he pl- played in a terrible uh, TV movie about um, Michael Langdon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Directed by Michael Landon's son. <laughs> uh, it was like a, a daytime sort of biopic <laughs> film about his relationship with his father. I couldn't find much about it, uh, and he played a version of Michael Langdon's son when he was like age ten or something. So, uh, yeah. uh, Michael Langdon's the actor from most famous from Little House in the Perry, Bonanza, and Highway to Heaven, mm. uh, and he died in the early nineties. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> I did see he was in this movie, and it, I, don't, I, I, I remember that actor. I kind of liked him for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. Um, I really liked that Highway to Heaven uh, show. I remember that. It was quite always quite sad. Yeah. Uh, he was like yeah. an angel who would sort of help some yeah, person yeah, or no, something I, like I that. Used yeah, to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and it sort of ended with him walking on a highway at the end. Yeah. Similar to sort of um, Incredible Hulk, I think, with like some sad music. I think that was sort of a trope yeah. to do, to have the, the main character walk off into an empty highway with some sad music playing. Mm. Um, but... The other one that I went down yeah. was the guy, the guy who plays the boy witch, Michael. Yeah. Um, his name's Blake Soper, um, but he has changed his name a couple of times, so I don't know really what he's going by these days. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's, it, it was Sam P- Sampel or something that he changed it to. Um, but he was actually a main character in Boy Meets World. What's what is that Fred Savage's yeah. brother? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Sh- I remember that show. Yeah, um, but he ended up giving up acting in the late nineties because even though he was in his mid twenties, nearly thirty, the only roles he could get were teenage <laughs> <laughs> roles in school. Uh, so he ended up going on to be in a band called Rilo K- Kylie. Rilo Kylie. Kylie Kelly. Never heard of him. Kylie, as the guitarist, um, and they do play t- later in the series. Oh, okay. At the Bronze, as his as his character. No. Oh, well, right. No, you never see Michael ever again. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, well, you play. You said he plays on the show. Ah, uh, yes. So the band plays. The on band, the but show. he's not playing his character though. No. Okay, so we don't see no. Stash anymore. No. 
<laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about. No. Stash from American Psycho. Yeah. So. The Robert Smith looking character. Yes, I know who <laughs> Stash is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where I ended up. And then Rilo Kylie is actually the name of a 19th, what is it, a 19th century Yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned this. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, funny thing is, and they actually mentioned this in something I read about them, is that they got the name from a 19th century Aussie Rules football player. But every time you go to search that name, you just come up with them and you can't find the player. <laughs> So I have no, no idea who the guy is or who he played for. It was the 19th century, so it would have been you know, a Victorian team, I guess, either like uh, Melbourne, Collingwood, St Kilda, Carlton, Essendon, Geelong, South Melbourne. They were the, the eight teams, I think, around that time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and Fitzroy. <laughs> but don't, don't, they're not around anymore, are they? Oh, they merge. I think they've, got, they've still got an amateur cha- team, okay. an amateur team. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah, and the, the fact that it's based on a fairy tale, that also comes up a couple of times in the series. There's a few more fairy tales that come to life. Yeah. Yeah. Hansel. I, I knew straight away Hansel. We said Hansel and Greta. Oh, I mean <laughs> Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> yeah. And then they ended up being TV shows based on movies yeah no like based on this that premise so um like uh once upon a time and grim yeah and movies there's a hansel and gretel movie where they're like demon killers or something yeah i think i tried to watch it once yeah who was in that jeremy was it jeremy Jeremy renner yeah jeremy renner's yeah yeah um i didn't get very far into it (laughs) it looked terrible All right. Do we want? Um, oh, had you seen this episode, you probably wouldn't. Have no, definitely not. If you hardly I watched it, then I probably <laughs> missed it as well. Um. Yeah. So, do you want to do question time? All right. Let's do it. Now, what's that? Ah, uh, Jared, which character was your favourite? Uh, I don't really struggle to sort of find a ca- uh, a good character, but so I just went with Oz in the end. <laughs> yeah, same. Did Sorry. you really? No, no, no. I went with Cordelia though. Oh, Cordelia. Yeah, uh, Oz is just so cool with everything. Like he's cool with Xander. Like he's just there. And um, even when Giles is talking about you know the fairy tale stuff, and Xander starts yammering on about you know magic beans and stuff, Mm-mm. he just ignores Xander. Looks at Giles. Said, "So what do we do? Yeah. You know, how do we fix this? Yeah. Yeah. Just." Get to the fucking point. Yeah. A little too mature, as I said. Yeah. Mature for his age. Yeah. Um, which character do you love to hate? I'm just going to say Joyce. Yeah. Joyce. And Moo. <laughs> Great acronym, mum. Uh, acronym? Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. It was the PMRC. <laughs> or the PMS. <laughs> <laughs> Parents against mothers, uh, parental music services or something like that. <laughs> As when they were spitballing ideas in the movie, one of them was mm. like that. Parental uh, monitoring services and they're like, uh, maybe not that one. <laughs> uh, okay. What was the most memorable fight scene? Uh, the chloroform scene I thought was quite memorable. Yeah. I thought. It's, uh, it's a weird scene, isn't it? It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You don't think things have got that bad between everyone that they're yeah. chloroforming 
Chlor- yeah. chloroforming, uh, you know, her own daughter and Giles. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, pre- previous episodes, they seem to be getting along quite well. Although what tension was brewing between Joyce and Buffy, but, uh, you know, Giles especially, um, yeah, that sort of just come out of nowhere. I was like, oh, shit, we're doing this? Yeah. and it, it, But it's all that thing, like, because in the other scene you've got the um, juxtaposition of the stuff that's going on with Willow being locked in the room and then like a group of people coming in and like sna- pretty much yeah yeah like things escalated very quickly in that so you're kind of expecting that to happen in a similar fashion with Joyce and but you know and she sort of walks in and they're all super super calm yeah like they've, they've planned they've planned all this out like people grab the chloroform out they've, they're already ready to go like they're, yeah they're like they're set to, okay so what we do all right when they come in all right Everyone's like, nice. Because, because and, and then because, wait till the head is turned and then chloroform. Yeah, because she's too like they know that Buffy's too strong. Yeah. Yeah. To And we all know the effect effects of chloroform too, you know. They don't work like that. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I'm gonna go with probably the stake through the neck. <laughs> Which actually was taken out of yeah. British, uh, <laughs> yeah. the got British version it, of the show. It got it, deleted. It got Funny censored. enough, talking about censorship and everything like that, and uh, that it part was censored. censored. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. was it was quite graphic, I have to admit, but I've you know, seen a lot worse in TV shows to, f- yeah. to think oh, that now. that was taken out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny enough, there was, a, there was an episode of Simpsons that's been cut, and it's the Homer Gets a Gun episode oh, in England, because yeah. you know how that episode starts? Oh, there's a soccer riot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if it still is, but I know at least that scene was cut out or it was uh, yeah, cut all together, which is a shame because that is a really good episode. Um, LOL moment. So, when you're there burning your children, got to got to do a bit of networking, you know. We should, we should really hang out sometime. Oh, that is so nice. That is so nice, Sheila. Yeah. Very nice. We'll go have lunch sometime. Yeah. Yeah. We should stay close. Yeah. Yes, yes, we should. We should see see each other next episode. I mean, next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked Cordelia's little... I think I like the two little ones better. <laughs> she does the little, two little ones. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Favourite scene? Yeah, well, the whole witch-burning scene was uh, pretty intense, I thought. Yeah. Like, I didn't think... I didn't... Even when they chloroformed, I didn't think things were escalating that bad, and then they just got <laughs> horribly <laughs> got worse. worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, everything just yeah. It's one of those episodes where everything escalates and gets worse and worse. Yeah, and worse very and quickly worse. they're gone yeah. from just talking about you know doing you know uh, I'm not sure what they were talking about doing actually, just sort of rallying and to uh, burning their own children at the stake. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I actually like the little angel Buffy scene because after after Joyce kind of gaslights Buffy a little bit and you know sort mm. of makes her feel a little bit worthless and yeah. like what like what she's doing is actually just doing nothing and evil's just going to keep coming and it's ne- never going to change and yeah <laughs> uh, and Angel's like you know what it's worth you know does the you it's fight the fighting. fight because <laughs> yeah. there's stuff worth fighting for. And they have a nice little moment and I think they've both sort of realised that they need to be in each other's life at this point. Um, Least favourite scene? 
So I really didn't like the witch chanting scene because of the misdirection that it gave. Ah, yeah, yeah. And to, and it was sort of brushed off, like, oh, we're doing a birthday spell for you. Yeah. Uh, what? Birthday spell? A Can't, protection spell. What? Yeah. Why would I need that? <laughs> you know, it's um, a birthday present as well. Yeah. Like, oh, happy then, birthday! We did a protection spell for you. But then they couldn't tell her about it, or it wouldn't work. Yeah. So but, what's the point? Exactly, exactly yeah. right. It was just yeah. there for the sake of the misdirection where you saw Willow doing the chant. Yeah. So that, that's why I didn't like it. It was kind of it was kind of sneaky in that in uh in that way. Like I don't mind the misdirection, but it obviously was just there just to misdirect you. Like if it was part of the plot that they were doing something for, then that would make more sense. But then they just show them chanting. And uh, considering what luck she's had with magic so far, you think she would you'd be a little smarter about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think she ever learns, does she? Willow? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, mine's my least favourite scene is, yeah, Joyce pretty much belittling Buffy about her slaying, pretty much saying that what she, the way that she fights the evil is, is pointless and what is it that she's, she's just, she doesn't have a plan, she just reacts to things. And you've seen, and we've seen what happens when Buffy doesn't like, because Buffy normally does have a, like, she actually does have a plan. Um, but, you know, we've seen in The Wish, you see, you, we've seen the Buffy that just reacts. That Buffy dies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy has a plan. Yeah. Joyce doesn't. Yeah. Um, Favorite quote. Uh, with Sheila and Willow, uh, Willow, you cut off your hair, huh? That's a new look. And Willow re- response, yeah, it was just a sudden whim I had in uh, August. <laughs> so, mm, yeah, I find that very hard to believe that she didn't notice her haircut. She and doesn't the- exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine would be Buffy. It's it's within that same fight scene with her mum. And Buffy says, and maybe next time that the world is getting sucked into hell, I won't be able to stop it because the anti-hell sucking book isn't on the approved reading list. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very, very, very good line from Buffy. Yeah. And uh, there was was a little uh, off moment too when Joyce and Giles sort of met. Oh, yeah. And um, Yeah, they have the awkward. They have an awkward sort of... uh, we, we haven't we haven't spoken since you know. Uh, <laughs> doing his bumbling Englishman. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the only way of getting out of that one. Yes. Um, best Cordelia freakout moment. She has a couple. Yeah, I went with. Uh, I came over here to tell Buffy to stop this craziness and found you all unconscious again. How many times have you been knocked out anyway? I swear, one of these times. You're going to wake up in a coma. I'm yeah. guessing that's where you got that line from, Eddie. You've said that to me so many times. One of these days you're going to wake up in a coma. <laughs> that, that doesn't make... Anyway. <laughs> um, I did have that one down, but I also have, if you're going to hang out with them, expect badness because that's what you get when you hang out with freaks and losers. Believe me, I know. Yeah, and turns and looks at Buffy when she says that. Yeah, so she's she's on... He's, she's in true Cordelia bitchy form in that scene. And then by the end of the episode, she pretty much saves the day. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, just one thing I wanted to mention about comas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It was actually a, a, a AMA on Reddit today. I was reading about comas and people who have woken up from comas and what was it like. Mm-hmm. And there is no like quote unquote wake up from comas. Yeah, it's kind of a slow progression where you you don't remember the first few weeks of you awaking from the coma. Generally, mm-hmm. you're not in a coma for that long. Uh, you know, if if you're in a coma for any more than a few months, then you know you're probably going to have some long term damage. Yeah, and 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 long term recovery as well. Uh, yeah. So there's no like you don't just spring out of bed. Like you have to learn to walk and even put glasses on your face again. Apparently, from so what some people were saying, like you just forget everything, people's names, people's faces, and who they are, and you have to relearn everything, which a lot of people do recover from. Well, that's brain injury in general. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what it usually Actually, comes even, from. Yeah, well, yeah, a, a brain injury usually, and surgery. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, comas aren't great, and you don't wake up from them from hearing a, a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> There's no um, wake up. Well, funnily enough, and this will be spoilers for Angel if you haven't watched Angel, what ends up happening to her character is that she ends up in a coma and then she does the suddenly waking up from a coma. Yeah. Comes in, saves the day, and then, um, but she was never actually there. She was still in the coma. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. She's still in the coma and then she dies. Oh, spoilers. She's dead. Yeah, they they actually really un- like they do they do Cordelia dirty in Angel. That last yeah, season. Yeah, and we know why. We know wink. why. She knocked back Joss, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was Moving reading, on. I was actually reading a debate today about what was it? Whether it was on fate, one of those Facebook groups. And people were debating about whether um, Eliza Dushku and Sarah Michelle Gellar were on good terms. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, and there were just people going on and on. And it was like, oh, but I thought they weren't on good terms because Eliza was the one that had the affair with Joss. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. And then someone else, no, wasn't that this, you know, and then they started. Did she? Um, going on about other. No, did Eliza Dushku have a... No, it's oh. all gossip. Oh. All gossip. Okay. All right, yeah, fair like enough. It was just all gossip, but they were all stating it like it was fact. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> well, she did get that gig on Dollhouse, so she did something yeah, right. Yeah, um, Amy, Amy Acker was also another um, target. They're like, no, no, it wasn't Eliza Dushku that she was having the affair with. It was Amy Acker who plays mm. Fred. Yeah. Um, all whiskey and Dollhouse, so... Um, who gets a wooden spoon? I said Xander. I was going to go, moo. <laughs> moo. Moo spoon. Moo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they suck. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who's the MVP of the episode? Oh, I gave it to Buffy. Um, I was tossing up between Cordelia and Giles. Oh, Yeah. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, he didn't didn't really do anything in the end. No, he did. He did the spell to so that they could see the um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he did it. He did do, do and the then, spell. And then and Cordi- then like with Cordelia, and then Cordelia puts put, out put out the fire. Yeah, yeah she's the one. The she's the one who was like, "Oh, a fire hose! How convenient!" Yeah, yeah. But then the the stake through the neck neck thing was pretty cool. Did I get him? Oh, she also works out the whole where are the parents? <laughs> like, yeah. what what are th- do these kids have names? Well, that, she didn't even get to that part, though. Like, she worked it out, but wasn't even able to uh, 
elaborate with on that information to anyone because by the time she worked it out, it was, it was too, too late. late. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe a joint effort of uh, Giles and Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Buffy. Um, what do you rate this episode out of ten using something from the episode? I gave it uh, three wooden stakes to the throat. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe four. I gave it one out Ooh. of ten fancy cans of hairspray. Cost like 40 bucks or something, didn't they? 45 bucks from Europe. <laughs> Why the hell are they confiscating hairspray? <laughs> Uh, some sort of uh, you know, incense thing or any, something. Has that got anything to do with the occult? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I got nothing more to add. to add. Help with you? No. No. All right. Well, shall we just uh, sort of wrap this up and uh, say thank you for joining us? We are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared, and I'm Edwina. And you can find us on. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook group and you can email us at subculture at gmail.com. And be sure to like, share, subscribe. Look forward to our next episode. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure you enjoy it. Take care. See ya. It's helpless. All right. Grr, arg.